Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. An impossible goal! These guys are good! Scary good! And this crowd is going bananas! As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello everyone, welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff, and joining me in just one moment are my co-hosts. Nick Martin and Tim Kalinowski. Uh, and boys, uh, it is a hockey holiday. Good on the NHL for doing this. 16 games, all 32 teams in action on Tuesday night. Staggered starts. No two teams starting uh, at the same time. Uh, it does happen to be NBA opening night, but you know that's the association's problem to deal with the behemoth that is the NHL and the, the hockey frenzy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, good luck, NBA. Yeah, good, good luck. luck. Good luck. How are you going to beat? Ducks and Blue Jackets. I don't know. Um, but obviously, we'll, we we start every show uh, with our favorite underdog picks, and there's a lot to choose from on Tuesday night. A lot of really enticing ones, I actually. And from a betting perspective, like this, this is a wonderful slate, Nick. Uh, so, what is your favorite underdog? It, it was hard for me to whittle it down, uh, but I was on board with yours as well. Yeah, I'm going with the Flyers to upset in the very last game of the evening versus the Knights who continue to burn us. But I mean, everything else is going right on sides and I still want to stand by my, my thinking on this. The, the Knights really aren't playing that good. They're playing at a high level, but they're not blowing teams out of the water. Like to me, every game has just been like a lot of things going right at the right time. They've been really clinical in front of goal. They're getting good goaltending, but I'm still not looking at this thinking they're just going to completely trounce the uh, Flyers, which is what this line suggests. Like this is a huge number for the NHL, and Philly's played really, really well. Like if you look at the Flyers, they're actually top of the league in expected goals, which I don't rate that much through five games. Um, but it is an interesting note, and I thought that completely matched the eye test again in Dallas. They played really well. Samuel Larson being in the net really kind of just blew it up for them. He looked terrible. I don't want to do this take this bet if he plays again instead of Carter Hart. No one quite knows what's up with that, but it sounds like for now Hart is still going to be playing. So with my expectation that Hart will go, I think this line's just way too long. Philly's playing extremely competitive hockey. They're going to make it a game. 
I think if you really wanted to take a long shot, you could actually play the over with Philly because I, I don't think Vegas is defending that well. And a lot of the ones that are burnt, like have burned us, I think are just kind of setting us up well in this spot. Like that third period, the Knights got absolutely caved in by Winnipeg. I still think you can win some of these minutes against their defenders right now. Um, I don't even know if I'd say this line will balloon up because I think just sharper people will look at it and think that it's too long. But who knows? I think betting it now at plus anything better than plus 200 is great. And depending on what's out there tomorrow, it could be a, a smash for me. But yeah, uh, I'm willing to go back to Vegas in the least appealing start time of the night and <laughs> get on the flyers to hopefully finally give them a loss. Yeah, I'm with you here. Uh, and don't really need to add on to anything you just said. It's just that the, the Knights are, are they're good, but there's a little bit of smoke and mirrors here. Uh, so happy to take the long number to go against them. Tim? Three for three on the Flyers. Yeah, Vegas just, they kind of, what they've been doing is out not making mistaking teams. Like they just, they just minimize mistakes. And I think if Philly can be disciplined enough, like we've seen them be for a certain stretch of the of the season, kind of a pleasant surprise, then the line's too big. If that's the case, if Philly can play that way. All right, uh, on to my favorite underdog. I'm going to try to beat another undefeated team. Uh, that's the Boston Bruins, who are in a really rough spot here against the Chicago Blackhawks. This is the uh, 8.30 p.m. puck drop uh, right in the middle of the slate. The Bruins are minus 218, the Hawks plus 180, and the total is sitting at 6.5. Yeah, so so Boston just swept the California road trip. This is a four-game swing, uh, three California teams. Now they're traveling halfway across the country to take on the Blackhawks before heading home. Uh, and, and the Hawks have punched up all right so far already this season. So I, I see no issue taking them. They, they beat Pittsburgh. They, they beat Toronto. Boston is uh, a little more, you know, they're, they're much more classy in defense than those two teams. But this is a, a, the type of spot that I think you can probably catch the Bruins, a team that all of us were looking to go against so far this season. And the spots really just haven't been there all that often. So I'm happy to take Chicago. They they do have a little bit more upside than they did last year because they have NHL players, at least more NHL players throughout their lineup. Uh, and, and Connor Bedard obviously raises their ceiling a little bit. So, Tim, uh, will you join me taking on your Bruins here? Uh, I don't, there's so many games in the slate, and um, depending on how my card looks earlier in the night, um, I it's either Blackhawks or no play for me. This um this Bruins team, you mentioned the road trip, also a lot of fun cities. So we got to <laughs> hope that the Bruins, the Bruins went out a couple of times during these. Maybe Jake DeBrusque did. Um, I hope hopefully the rest of the team can and uh, we can catch the Bruins sleeping here. Like we've been waiting to do. Please, we need the spot. And I hope this is it. I, I think I'll put a little taste on the Hawks as well. Nick, anything uh, Boston and Chicago for you? I don't think so. I... I... I mean, you said this is a tough spot for them, which I guess it is. But is it ever really a yeah, tough it, spot when you're playing the Hawks? Or for the that. Bruins? I feel like they just they they went <laughs> yeah. like basically undefeated last year. And I think it's Hawks or nothing, yeah. though. But I'll probably pass on this card. Uh, all right, Tim, uh, your favorite dog. Yeah. Speaking of spots, this is the look. It's early in the season. This is classic buy low, sell high. The Kraken as short money line dogs against the Detroit Red Wings. The Red Wings, they can't do anything wrong. And they, we're getting ready to hand out the cup to Detroit, Iserman, you know, executive of the year, coach of the year, everything. 
look, it's still October. These are still NHL teams. The Kraken are no slouch. And the line, the line kind of smells. This line tells you that the Kraken are a little better than their record shows. And the Red Wings are just, you know, they're, 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 they can't be this good. You know, pleasant surprise, but they can't be this good. So I'm going to take the Kraken as short dogs here. Um, yeah, Detroit. I was actually looking today to see if there's some crazy numbers on them to miss the playoffs. And there's been no movement. They, uh, the one thing that I think is interesting, Detroit started, and I'm not saying I'm that low on Detroit, but if you're one of the people who's completely interested in backing them, they're plus 145 to make the playoffs. So for some of the people in the takes I'm seeing out there, like you pretty much think that's an unreal bet then if you're going out there and saying yeah. like they're for Put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, exactly. So if you want to, you're getting a great number to do that. Last year, they started 3-0-2 and, and they went on, they were 11-5-4 and after that. So they had a huge start last year and people were saying all the same stuff. So I'm not saying... That means it'll fall apart, or I'm I'm kind of neutral on it. I, I still think they're going to fall down to like ninth or tenth if I had to had to pick. But I, I just thought that was interesting when I looked and realized like their start last year could be pretty identical, and and they obviously didn't get there. Yeah, uh, the, like you said, you can look at some some numbers right now under the surface and and be a little impressed with Detroit, but it's just hard to to, to put too much stock into that. Um, yeah, and to be fair, compared to last year too, like the acquisitions are playing really good. Yeah. So there is that yeah. side and of it. it does obviously be better. Yeah, to bring it, I mean, he's been unbelievable, uh, but I just don't think he's going to shoot what thirty eight point seven percent or whatever he's firing at right now. So, uh, it yeah, like Tim said, this is this is your classic buy low, sell high spot. I was thinking the crack would be a little bit longer, but not there. So, um. It'd be cracking or nothing for me too. Okay, onto the big board. We'll we'll try to rifle through these quick. We will touch on every game uh, and give out our best bets at the very end. Uh, so we'll start Leafs and Caps. Nick, your Caps are plus one thirty two at home. Leafs traveling as minus one sixty favorites. The over under six and a half. The Leafs are in an interesting way right now. The defense has not been good uh, to a man. I think is the best way to put it. Like. It's more eye test even than numbers, like just when you're watching them. Uh, the goaltending from Ilya Samsonov has been poor. So he, he gets pulled in uh, their overtime win against the Lightning. Joseph Wool comes in. Uh, Max Domi compares him to Carey Price, which is, I guess, okay to do after an 11-game sample from a goalie, but whatever. Um, so he comes in. Uh, Shuts out the lightning for the rest of the way. I'm assuming it's going to be Wool, right, <laughs> on, on Tuesday night. I think that was conferred. I think that was conferred. Yeah, I, I mean, it would be nuts if he didn't go back to him here. Uh, so my question here is, like, can you can you trust Toronto at, at this kind of price, even with the way that the, the Caps have looked? Because I, I just don't know what to make of Wool. Yeah, I, I mean, I would still do Toronto or nothing, but... Caps just look so flat offensively. Like, I thought Montreal was such a good matchup for them, and I honestly did kind of think they probably deserved to win and were a little snake bitten before they finally got a tied. But uh, it's just, it's looking like the power play is horrible. It's so static. Like they're automatically going to be minus one versus Toronto just from the five on or from the special teams play. And then I, I just, I don't know. I, I don't think there's much there. Toronto's looked really shaky too defensively, but I, I don't know. It's, it's, they're just it's such a tough matchup for Washington defensively. And, uh, 
I don't think we're getting a big enough number on them. And then, yeah, Wall's been really, really good. I think Wall gets a start for sure. Sammy looks horrible. Yeah, the only thing so. I think is a revenge game, but it's his second season with Toronto, so it's not like you can even Oh, yeah. That, yeah, that. I mean, I don't think they care. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, Two teams in the league have yet to score a power play goal. Who are they? I know the Ducks got well, their Well, one is definitely Washington. Washington. And Washington. Yeah, like it, like it looks so static. Like I thought Carberry would come in and shake it up. Um, Washington and St. Louis. Oh, St. That's surprising. I wonder how St. Louis should be decent on that front. Who knows? Yeah, that's a problem. But yeah, they all just get the same thing. Same rotations, trying to set up the same shots. Like if you look at the top power plays now, they have guys that are moving and interchanging and trying to drive at players and open stuff up. And there's absolutely none of that on the caps. So I don't know if it's going to turn around at all. So yeah, this, this game kicks off at uh, 6 PM. And so the first of 16, and it looks like we're all passing on it. I won't be passing on the next one. Uh, the ducks are uh, an underdog uh, against Columbus in Columbus. Anaheim plus 132, Columbus minus 160 in the over under six and a half. I like the Ducks here, Tim. I think Anaheim, like I, I think this Ducks team is, and maybe I'm nuts, but look at like their 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 results so far. They played the Bruins really well last night. Uh, they and I, I know they're now traveling across the country, but they beat the Hurricanes. They lost by one to the Coyotes, who were good. They lost by one in overtime, I believe, to the Stars. Like I'm impressed. If we were to put teams in tiers and groups here we would probably have Columbus and Anaheim in the same group. Yeah. Right. And I think, I think Anaheim so, a little bit ahead at this current junction with line out too. Well, there you go. So that, that your math there gets you to, you know, dog like <laughs> that. That's not how these teams are being priced right now. So, I mean, we, we like the slate for a lot of reasons. One of them being um, dog spots like this. I mean, Anaheim has been a tough little out and, yeah, line A, the Columbus situation, you nailed it. I just think the numbers, the math doesn't add up in terms of what we think of these two teams. You give me plus money, I think we, I think you have a uh, pretty good case there, Leboff. Yeah, I, I'm i less sold because I actually think Columbus has been pretty solid. Like I think they're getting a little disrespect from you guys to say at home that they're not a little better. And I know the Ducks have played really well, but still... I think this looks about fair. If anything, I kind of like Leo Carlson. I thought he's looked great. Pretty good spot for some offense. I'm going to be watching his Calder number just because if he's going to keep skating with Zegers and Terry, that's such a good situation compared to what the other guys who are realistic. Like, like I mean, Bedard looks pretty great. So you got to factor in that he's pretty locked in as the favorite. But I, I'm going to be watching Carlson because it looks like he's just going to stay on that top yeah. line and that actually should be a really good line. Yeah, so I just huge, I like what I've seen out of um, And the goaltending, like tough. I don't, we're definitely. And Liney, I could care less. I <laughs> don't even think he moves the needle at all, just because he's. I still he's horrible five on five, and they have so like I think on a true replacement level, they had guys who are pretty solid not getting any minutes. So maybe I'm being a little tough to say that, but I don't really think it matters. And then the other thing is, I'm happy to have Marchenko getting more touches on the power play, like. I think he gets underused on that team. I think a lot of the usages on that team has been weird, but not a, not a very interesting subject. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think Columbus has, has played pretty good the last little bit. Yeah, uh, Tough schedule so far for Anaheim. Uh, Vegas, Carolina, Dallas, Boston. I mean, throw the Yotes into that category. Opener. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The you home know, opener like, too, Tim. 
Yeah. It's, <laughs> I forgot that the Yotes are in that in that group yeah, if we're yeah, doing are. the tears. They're, <laughs> they're one of the best teams uh, in any sport right now. In that, yeah, home opener, like Dick said, for the Yotes, and they lose 2-1, played all right. I, I just – I haven't seen any – and it's only been a few games, so it's not like you can just pile them up yet unless you're the Sharks. But I just haven't seen anything that's, like, glaring for the Ducks yet. And the goaltending's been pretty decent. Um, I'd, re- I'd prefer Lucas Dostol to uh, John Gibson in the spot. But uh, even so, I think that the goaltending edge will, will be with Anaheim regardless of who's in that, too. Sabres uh, and Sens. The uh, Buffalo is traveling as a plus 132 underdog. Ottawa, minus 160. The over-under is seven. Uh, Buffalo is one of two teams, along with Montreal, uh, on the back end of the back-to-back for this one. The Sabres looked good against the Islanders. I think they caught the Islanders in a great spot there with the Islanders on the second half of a back-to-back traveling after playing the Devils and going overtime in that one. Um, But they, they did look good. That was their best performance of the season by far. Ottawa uh, just didn't get any saves from Corpus Allo and that loss to Detroit. So hard to kind of dock them too much. I would assume Forsberg goes here uh, for Ottawa and Eric Comrie goes for the Sabres. I think this looks about right though, Nick. Yeah, I agree. I, I think the if you can get six and a half to minus 145, that's a play, but I don't know if those will exist tomorrow. Just... Same thing. I, I'm still willing to bet on Buffalo just playing a lot of higher scoring games. And even the Islanders game kind of, I mean, they defended really well, but offensively, I think they're going to lock in and, and start yeah, really producing. Barlamo was really good in that game. Yes. Hopefully that starts tonight versus Montreal. And uh, yeah, and then they get going. Tim, anything Sabres and Sens? I mean, Buffalo has to figure it out on the power play. That's that's going <clears> to, <throat> excuse me, we 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 think of them as being um, dynamic offensively. And I don't, I don't know, obviously, obviously these things don't, um, you know, there's regression to the act, what your you know, actual number is. So they're not going to be this dreadful, but I guess, I guess I'll ask you guys, how, how alarming are stats like that early in the season? I would say, you know, not too alarming. Like you look at that power play, it's going to work. Like, I think it's just so hard to cover Thompson and Darlene. Like, Darlene's so good at helping him open it up. I like the other guys. I don't know. I think, I mean, even Cousins coming off the other side. I just feel like eventually it's going to work out. If I had to bet on them being a top 15 power play, I still would. So my opinion would be not very. I think it's kind of indicative of their entire team right now and that we just have to see it to believe it. You know, more of it. Like, I don't want to, I'm not, you know jumping out of my skin to go to go run to the window and bet Buffalo right now because I just have too many questions. I need to see it. Carolina and Tampa now two teams off to absolutely peculiar starts. Um, the Canes are slight favorite on the road at minus 113. The Bolts at minus 106. The over-under is at six and a half. I can't believe I'm saying this, but you might make an argument here that Tampa has the goaltending edge with Jonas Johansson. Uh, in goal with the way that the Hurricanes goaltending has looked. Uh, and, and Johansson uh, was, was pretty good, again, uh, against the Maple Leafs. Really, on the, the Lightning could have lost that game in regulation. I have absolutely no betting interest in this one. I don't want to go near either one of these teams at all right now. The Hur- Who knows what's going on with Carolina? I'm sure they'll sort it out. Uh, Tampa also 
got absolutely no idea what's going on with them. It's just, this is a very strange, strange one, Nick. Yeah, I didn't have anything here. It's definitely a good game, but not a lot. And Carolina, it's insane. Like It kind of reminds me of Toronto last year when they were like 500 through like eight games or whatever. Like, I don't think you can worry about Carolina being three and three through six. Like, yeah. They probably deserve I, think, I just think the, the thing that's kind of jolting everybody is the amount of goals, both for and against in, in all their games, is kind of just throwing everybody for a loop and giving uh, – it's a lot of good cannon fodder for sports writers uh, out there. Uh, Tim, anything? Bolts and Canes? A weather well, derby. What, what, what kills me is we both of these teams, we would normally be salivating – uh, with a short line with either of these two teams. And now I have to sit here and let this game pass by with probably no action, even though I'm like, oh, lightning game. I feel like, like there's you- been so many regular season games in the last like three years where Carolina is like plus 110 at open in this spot. And I think it's a smash bet. And I think they actually have paid off a lot on that, but I don't know. Perhaps not this season. Looks like there's some actual flaws and they're still a slight favorite. So. We'll learn a lot from this game, I think, about you know the direction of these two teams. I mean, Carolina clearly hasn't figured it out defensively from you know all the ads that they had. And I have um, some friends in in Carolina who are uh, follow the Canes closely and get a lot of uh, Brett Burns texts during Canes games. So I mean, yeah, that's I, I, Orlov's going to figure it out, right? Like he's going to be better than he's been, I think. Yeah. You'd think I don't so. know. Maybe I'm biased. I do think like Burns him, but... is the type of guy too. Like when you're embedding, even Tony D'Angelo, even he was there with the Hurricanes for a while, but he never played on defense with Brent Burns. When you're, there are some players you gotta adjust to, and Orlov and Burns adjusting to them. No Pesci, no Aho. Um, yeah, that's a big one. Pesci's so good, yeah. and and Aho too. Like I don't think I don't know. It's hilarious that yeah. three and three Not, is like, this big. So... The one, the one thing I'll say about this game is like every both these teams are struggling mightily defensively. Uh, both teams have been all over the map in terms of performances. There's going to be value on betting like a very very low event game. Like there's there's going to be some big numbers out there on like alt unders. I can't with Tampa right now hmm? though. Like their defensive play is horrible. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And like, like who's going to turn it around? Like I thought our guy Sergachev would be good, I and know. that pairing's a disaster. And then Hedman's gotten so much worse defensively yeah. that I'm just like, I don't know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, with this, with you, the fact you can't, that you can't trust either defense, and they both played some wild games. I think that uh, the stars would have to align. But if you chase like an alternate under, you're going to get big numbers. I smell overtime. I smell yeah. overtime in this one. And that that might be if I need yeah. if I need to bet something that 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 might be where I'm looking the old Leboff special there. But in uh, Nick, you said that uh, Bre- uh, Brendan Moore was going to be a little more lax on the whole uh, not an all out effort uh, game seven effort every game. Did he mean like this? Is this what <laughs> he all of October off. Well, this is personnel. This is early. Yeah. This is everything. Goalies are not playing good. Like Maybe I don't he's think in he's a in a dispute and just isn't coaching. Uh, <laughs> On to the Stars and Penguins now. This one in Pittsburgh. Basically a pick em. Stars are a slight favorite. Minus 114. Penguins minus 106. And total 6.5. Uh, I, I like Dallas here as a, a short favorite. It's not my favorite bet on the board. I, I think minus 115 is fine. Um, on Dallas, I just the Penguins have yet to truly figure it out. The Stars are so just well organized 
in everything they do, whether it's defending, how they attack. It's their machine. Huge goaltending advantage if we get Ottinger and uh, Jari, who was not very good against the, the Blues, uh, or if it's Nedeljkovic is even bigger. So uh, I think Dallas, just you know, put it simply, is, is in a different tier compared to Pittsburgh right now. So I'll take the stars, Tim. Dallas yet to allow a goal on the uh, yet to allow a power play goal this year. Dallas um, last team remaining in that category. It basically, it comes down to another one of these classic. We think Dallas is a is a really good team. I'm getting them at a short number. Pittsburgh still too many question marks. I probably lean Dallas in this one as well. I I think they've also. Um, had some tough puck luck to start the season. Nick, maybe I just can't get those uh, crossbars out of my head. But. Well, the Vegas one, but they're pretty lucky, I thought, versus Philly. I was actually pissed. I was trying to get a live bet in, and it got tied up right when it occurred. So, I don't know. It seemed like they were begging to lose that game. But, I mean, it's one game. They're still going to be good defensively. I agree. I think it's stars or nothing, but eh, I don't love the spot. And I, still I wanted to have the conversation because I, of the short – Kind of the short line. Like, am I am I taking the cheese here? Or is Zaboff taking I mean, cheese? yeah, the Pens are, like, they can't defend off the rush again. Carlson's not that good five on five. Which the thing is, I didn't think he would be. And I still thought the Pens would bounce back. And I think they've played okay. But like Zaboff said, the goaltending's not great. The defense is mid. It's still, it's though. The, like, like they're going to score. My right? whole point with the Penguins in the offseason was they added to their strengths. Which didn't, they didn't really address any... Of their, they they had some major flaws. In they game. did because they made the bottom six yeah, better. Even like, so, like, part of the problem has been the scoring as much as. Yeah, but I mean the, right, the bottom six is doing like if you told me they're going to go into St. Louis and score two goals, I'd say the problem is that they scored two goals. Yeah. <laughs> even if the but defensive the play like, is like, not they're great, not getting any, like, the bottom six on paper should be better, but it's not good. Like, well, it was, the plan was for it to eat minutes. Yeah. Crosby's kind of cool now, is he not? He's got like what, five. I think he's got five or six points. But he had like okay. three in the first two, or three or four in the first two. Yeah, Malkin's Feels been like their best player by far. He's been one of the best year. players in the early season, I think. Uh, yeah, that. But that's the totally. thing. Like these guys, once again, it's Malkin, it's Gensel, it's Latang, well, and it's, no Smith. You got a Smith and like Ross. Smith yeah, but it's like the really top good. two lines once again. Like are once again going yeah. really well, but the. The defense is too leaky, so it just puts so much pressure on those two lines to score four goals a game because you're not going to get a goal from Noel Achari or Jeff yes. Carter at this point. So I think this Dubas guy has done that before. I'm trying to Hey, look at his team now. All the guys that are there, all the new guys are horrible. Like, come on. I mean, it's been five games, so I agree it might change. But, like, if you're going to roast him on that front, I think if you look at Toronto now. He's ruined two teams. Off. He's ruined two teams. Is what you're trying to say. Uh, Toronto South. Yeah. <laughs> on to uh, San Jose and Florida. This is the easiest pass for me on the entire board, I think. And I don't even know if this game should be played. Uh, Sharks plus 205 in Florida looking for their first win. At the Cats minus 255. The over-under 6.5. I, I would love to hear what not – disregarding the total or props or whatever, but anybody who's looking at the, the money line in this matchup, I would love to hear both sides, like just two people talking about why they love the Sharks and then the other one talking about why they love the Panthers because I don't think you can trust either team at these numbers right here, Nick. I don't think it's – I don't know. I think you can say the Panthers are reasonable here. I know you'd never like look at them this, but, as that, but they've been playing pretty good and the Sharks are a joke. Like you don't think they're winning this almost four or five times? I don't times? just don't trust – 
that back end at all. Like, that, there's yeah. a chance the Panthers could just come into the building and the whole game. Yeah. Like, I would, you could probably bet on them to get some sites have the shots. Yeah. And you could probably bet on them getting 39. Duclair, any interest for you here? No. I think I'm not betting Sharks anything. They're, I mean, maybe he will, but I that team looks horrific. Like, I feel like they're just stale, don't look good, flat, can't get anything going. They never have the puck. They've had a tough schedule, but I mean, it's the same story every game so far. We keep saying that, and they keep just looking like the worst team in the league. Uh, Tim? The argument for the Sharks <laughs> would be Vegas, Colorado, yeah. Carolina, Boston, obviously then the, the the Predators, but that's a tough way for a young, you know, uh, bottom team to start their season. And the Panthers, they've been leaky. So, you know, if the Sharks could, like this, you know, it's like it's like betting on Iowa. Like this this team, they, they never have the puck. They never have possession of the ball. They don't then, have anything. Like I don't know what your argument is. That's the thing. Blackwood? Like they could, they could get <laughs> yeah, Blackwood. That's, that's here. And if they get sixty points or sixty-five points, like you could honestly say, playing a pretty tough road game, minus two fifty-five is not that bad. I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, I, I agree. Yeah. On this slate, I'm <clears throat> not going to find a bet on it. But trust this. Panther shot totals. Look, we're going to find someone. That's what it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, if that's that's the bet that's gonna be that's gonna be the uh near auto is lo- locate the person and and take their over two and a half shots at a cheaper number and hope that could be Kachuk's time for a goal i feel like he's actually been playing really nice he's only got four assists in five games zero goals he almost tipped one in for us on saturday i think that could be the play uh, just to say he's due, but if he's going to be like plus 160 in this matchup, I think that's really good. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. 8 p.m. puck drop between the Avalanche and Islanders on the island. Uh, Colorado's minus 150. The Isles uh, plus 125. A total is 5.5. The only 5.5 on the board at the time of recording. This is an interesting matchup, I think, because... These two teams just want to do something so they want to they play two very different sports. <laughs> like, like if you I've I've done it because you know the Islanders will wrap up their games and then the the Avalanche will play at like ten o'clock. And even compared to like the Oilers, I think if you go from watching an Islanders game and just being fully invested in an Islander game, 
and then you flip over to an avalanche game and maybe have a bet in that. So I'm invested in that. It looks like they are playing different sports. And I think that kind of bodes well for uh, Tim called it the Lebo special. I call it the Nick Martin special. I actually think that this is a, this is a good overtime bet because you can just see the Islanders gumming everything up, frustrating the hell out of the avalanche. We're going to have the puck the whole night. And if the Islanders just don't let the avalanche get going, you know, with all their speed through the neutral zone, it could just be a frustrating night. Plus, of course, the goaltending for the Islanders uh, always makes them, you know, appealing in, the, in these kind of contests. So uh, that's where I'm leading, Nick. I'm going to stay off it. I think that Colorado is a team I'm not wanting to go against right now. And it is a big spot for the Islanders. I know you know those were probably two of their worst games of the year this weekend. Like definitely their worst pairing, right? The Buffalo one was ugly. Like they clearly were struggling bad to defend the rush in that game. But I thought they were okay against the Devils. I mean, they gave up four power play goals, but I thought they were. I mean, they, were okay. they did, but you could also say Sorokin had like four saves that never should have ever yeah, been saved. But they by scored. They scored. They, they were scoring with the Devils. Like I, I, they did score. I wasn't. I give them I, that. But. I really wasn't too disheartened with. And I looked at the numbers too, and they kind of suggested I was maybe onto it. But I wasn't too disheartened with the way they played against New Jersey. Uh, I I disagree on that because I really think if you rewound the clips, like look at how many absolute 10 bell robbery saves. And they gave up, they gave up five or four in the end, five. They gave up five on the power play. One, one on three on three. I agree, but that's part of it. Like, I think if your goalie's that good and you give up five, that's scary. Yeah. That's definitely the best goaltended five on five, five goal game. I think I've ever seen. I, I, I I think it's maybe I'm just being, I was, I'm drunk because they scored. And they never score, but I actually yeah. wasn't. And I mean, I agree. They're great at keeping it close, but I just, I think from a sides perspective, if it's like minus 150 versus a team as good as Colorado, like you're, I think you're getting fair credit for that ability. Yeah. Uh, Tim, anything here? Abs and Isles? Well, the, the argument that you laid out for overtime is why I'm leaning Islanders here because I view overtime is uh, pretty much, you know, coin flip, or at least my betting luck feels like coin flip uh, or to losing in overtime. And I think if the Islanders muck it up and play their game, then this could be one, one head into overtime. And I would like to take my chances with a plus money ticket. The formula you have to hope for is that is the formula that San Jose had against Colorado uh, a, a week or so ago, which was it's not a great formula, <laughs> which was uh, let up about a billion shots and hang on by the skinnier teeth. But we think we know the Islanders are better than the Sharks. So if they can kind of get into that same type of game, super uh, frustrating for Colorado feels like, oh, what do we have to do to get one by this guy? I'll take my chances in overtime. So I could see myself uh, again. It's a big slate, so you have to you have to, you can't bet every game, but. Uh, it's going to be hard for me to stay off the Islanders here. I think if I'm going to apply buy low, sell high on the on the cracking game, I should probably apply it here. I'll also note I think we might see uh, Provasov for Colorado. Yorgi has played all five games. That would be significant. Yeah. Um, so I don't. I, I. It sounds like a good spot to to give Georgie a break, but. Uh, We'll see. It's always a good spot when you're five and zero. Yeah. If you exactly. look at the stats for goalies that play like sixty five games, like we're always begging for it, but because it, you know, I get frustrated when I think I've circled one and it goes wrong, which happened a couple times on Saturday as being a backup spot. But 
it's not just being a bad better. Like I think if you're a team and you're like, oh, we're five and zero, oh, we're gonna hum right into the playoffs. It's like, okay, maybe we shouldn't ride our yeah. starter every single yeah. night. Like there's some legitimate logic to that. Yeah. And what a great team to run into when you're five and zero, oh, flying high. <laughs> yeah. I stand by it. I don't think they, that they played all that terribly on that. No, I agree. No, I'm dead serious. Here comes no, that no, no, sinkhole. I think so too. Oh, no, I, I, <laughs> I think I thought those two games were by far their worst. They were, team. yeah, absolutely. Oh, they I were. I thought they were awesome against the Coyotes. Then they started to play worse against the Devils. But I, I just don't think it. It we, we'll get too deep into it. But I just I think that they're this, what they showed going forward kind of made me more encouraged than what they were giving up uh, going the other way. And in, in what was a wild game, fun game to be at. Love Bo Horvat. Told you guys, Horvat and Barzell were going to score. Uh. Well, if they score five and you name the whole team in the group chat. Yeah. <laughs> the only guys that can score, Leboff. Yeah. Wow, great handicap. Yeah. I, the only, I never named Nelson. Nelson scores every game. Uh, Blues and Jets. St. Louis plus 130. Uh, traveling to Winnipeg. The Jets at minus 156 and the over under uh, six and a half. I would lean towards Winnipeg here, but I think um, I'm going to just stay away from this one, Nick. Yeah, I had... Uh, I think a small bet on Winnipeg is really reasonable. I think they should be closer to minus 180 here. And loved the Vegas game. Pretty good performance in Edmonton. I still feel like they're going to get going and kind of a team I'm willing to bet on. The Blues, maybe looking a little better than I think, but I still think those flaws are there. Yeah, so I think any you could bet the... Jets here to minus 180 very reasonably, or if you want to use them as like a parlay piece on this huge slate, I think that'd be very fine. Tim? Every time I think I found the right spot to back the Jets, I'm wrong, and then I pass on them and they win. So very easy for me to stay the hell away from this. Uh, St. Louis, uh, besides being not very fun to watch, I know they're like, hey, we're younger now, we're this – they're not very fun to watch. I'm going to pass on this one. I'm going to take a break here. Uh, a true pick between the Oilers and Wild in, in Minnesota uh, and a total of six and a half. Connor McDavid is out for uh, a couple weeks here. November 13th, they, they play the Islanders. I'm, I'm imagining that will be his first game back, of course. Um, just like Crosby after his long layoff and he took the Islanders for a spin all that like a decade ago. I'm picturing something like that. Uh, I would least so lean towards Edmonton here. They've both these teams have been pretty bad uh, out of the gates, but in this spot, like I don't mind going up against Minnesota with a pick'em team. Not uh, pick'em with the Oilers as a pick'em, I should say. I just the Wild just haven't been good, and and they're missing, still missing Spurgeon and Boldy, so. Are they going to be able to even score with this version of the Oilers? I don't know. Uh, and they'll probably need to because they haven't been getting saves or defending all that well. Nick, anything? No, I think it's a fair number. Uh, the Oils' struggle seems legit right now. They can't sort it out as a team. I don't, I don't think they're playing great. And I think you take McDavid out of the mix. If I were to try and bet something on the Oil here, it'd be some sort of prop involving, involving kind of you know, whoever you think. I think maybe Evander Kane's shots could be really sneaky because he should get more minutes. And they, I, I don't know. Like, it'd be scary. I'd want to see how it's going to go because it could be. I'm sure everyone heard his comments at intermission, basically calling out his ice time. Uh, 
And that could go either way. Maybe they just say like, screw you and try to send a message that you're not just going to basically like, you know, coerce your coach that way. But I think that he's, it, it kind of sets up well because he's been trending a lot lower than he should in terms of shots on goal anyways. So that could really give us a good spot to target him in what could be a heightened role. But yeah, that, that would be the one thing I'd say is just kind of watch um, the numbers for some of the Oilers props because Minnesota really hasn't defended that well. And then especially the other thing is the flurry Gustafson thing is pretty huge. Like I think Gustafson's been more or less pretty good. He's just happened to have two starts where the team was horrific in front of him. Like I think there's been a lot like that, like Fantilli's first goal and that sort of thing where they're just breakdowns and it is what it is. And then the nights where there wasn't full blown breakdowns, he's looked pretty sharp. I thought. Tim. Yeah. To me, I think that it sounds crazy to say the losing McDavid could be kind of a wake up call in, in, in a, kind of a good thing for Edmonton. I think that we see this effect in sports a lot, the team that's lost their star player and they then go out and give all out effort, at least um, in the short term. I mean, it looks like McDavid's not expected to miss too much time, but look, that that sometimes is like the best thing that can happen to a team. And you'll learn a lot about the rest of your team. And with the short price, uh, true pick them here, uh, I think I'm going to take my chances with the Oilers here. I'm not... I know I was um, banging the wild drum on one of the episodes last week against Montreal, but I think this is just a little too cheap for the Oilers, who we think is a pretty damn talented team. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. We see that all the time where it's like one or two outings, three outings, teams can hide perceived flaws, a couple guys step up, a couple guys make it work. And then it gets to that point where the other teams are adjusting, they're figuring out how to play against that sort of thing those guys come back down to earth. Cause yeah, I think we see that all the time where it's like you plug and play and it works for yep. three or four nights and then it starts to fall apart and they become the flaws that everyone's expecting. It's, yeah, especially with, in this situation too, where it's like, you just have to have better attention to detail and not make so many boneheaded mistakes defensively. And with, with McDavid. So when you take him out, it's not like, Oh, here comes Connor McDavid to fix all our issues. Just pass him the puck in the defensive zone. He can break it out score or whatever. Um, so I think that is a point well taken, Tim. That Dreisaitl guy is still pretty good too, you know. Dreisaitl's good. <laughs> Bouchard got on the board the other day. Uh, who knows? Canucks and Predators, The uh, another game that's close to a pick em. Canucks, uh, even money, underdog, Preds, minus 120 at home, and a total of six and a half. Man, it turns out that you can't win the Stanley Cup in the first two games of the season. The, the Canucks... Have been all over the map since then. Uh, some games they've just been played off the ice. Other games they've looked all right. Uh, gutsy effort against the Panthers uh, the other night. Uh, another pass for me. I I think that I'm tempted by Vancouver here, Nick, but I just I don't really trust them. Yeah, at, at plus 102, I thought there was enough value for a small play in Vancouver. I thought they were a really good example heading into the game in Florida. And it was a really close game. So it's not like I'm going to sit here and say they're brilliant. But considering the number that you don't want to put too much stock into just expected goals early in the season. Because I looked before that game. I had a game preview on that one. And I was pretty shocked to look that Vancouver were like dead last in the league. Like I'd watch both Oilers games. um, The Philly game, which I think sewered the numbers a lot. And then the Tampa game was a tough spot. But I'd followed them pretty closely. And I didn't think that that was like dead worst performances like I didn't think they were a team that was just complete luck box which is basically what that was suggesting 
So I think that's a good thing to look at like early in the year and be like, those numbers aren't everything. They can swing really quick. The second period versus Philly probably moved that like a percent by itself. So that's kind of an interesting note. I still think they have a lot going. They have way more true star uh, power than Nashville. I would love this if Nashville wasn't looking like a little sharper than we expected. Like that's kind of the one fear there, but I'm still just on it a little because I, I think the Canucks are going to be better than the Panthers this year. So getting them as a slight underdog, I think I have to put some stock in that. Anything for you, Tim? Yeah, quite the road trip for Vancouver here down South, but I, I think that, Obviously, yeah, you know, they don't hand out the Stanley Cup in the first week of the season, but that Vancouver team that we saw those first two games against Edmonton and then they dropped two, I think that that got their attention. That, that's a good thing. I think that was kind of a comeback down to earth moment and they're not going to be taking what we perceive as in, an inferior opponent in Nashville as lightly. So I think you're going to see a, a good effort again from Vancouver here and I just get the more talented team, I believe, at a uh, plus money um, number. So I'm going to be on Vancouver. Yeah. And Martin's been fine, but this one should be a Demco start for sure. Right. Like, I don't think you're going back to back with uh, Martin, even though he's been pretty good. So I like that as well. Uh, Rangers and flames uh, New York as a road favorite minus 125, 25 catching Calgary coming back from uh, a road trip out East. Yeah. Disappointing road trip out east. Flames plus 105. Rasmus Anderson suspended. And this total's at six. Rangers coming off a a really professional performance against the Kraken in Seattle in front of Jonathan Quick the other night, which was disappointing uh, for us here, especially after the Kraken got on the board early against Quick from a not-so-great angle. But uh, credit to the Rangers for locking it down after that. The whole time, you mean? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Because uh, even that, I'd say, true. is fine. Yeah, they were really good defensively in that game. Uh, I, I think nothing here yeah. from anyone. I, I yeah, it seems like people hammered the Rangers early. Um, I don't know. It, it doesn't feel like a great spot. To, like, I, I think it's Rangers or pass, but I don't love it. I'm, I'm more on the Calgary side because I, I have a hard time diagnosing this Rangers team We've just seen kind of Jekyll and Hyde from them. And I want to, I want to fade the Rangers like narrative, you know, I mean, it kind of similar to last year in the playoffs. Like, Oh, they had a Patrick Kane. Like this team's loaded. I just still don't fully believe in this Rangers team. So in Calgary, I feel like they still might might be a little bit unlucky. So um, Uh, me paint, me painting my clown face. Um, I think yeah, that's... I'm not doing that again this year. I'm not. <laughs> so I just think their offense too, like Kadri looks horrible, right? And Huberto looks not great. So like the star power really is pretty middling when you factor that in. I don't know. Like I, I, I thought they'd be better than this, but I'm not like, I don't know. At this point, it's like 90 games where they just continue to look mid and find ways not to win. So I, I think, cons- and then the Rangers have looked pretty solid and defended really well. So it just doesn't feel like one where I want to bet Calgary on this huge slate at all. No fun. All right. Uh, Could be a good overtime one. Yeah, actually. That's true. Top shelf where mama hides the cookies. All right. Got to the 
the big board here onto best bets. You two have uh, a best bet in the same game, different plays. Uh, but Nick, uh, you can get a start. Oh, I don't even know what what Tim is on here. Uh, but I like the New Jersey Devils to cover the puck line at anything better than a plus number um, versus Montreal. I think this is just a horrible spot for Montreal. They play uh, Monday night in Buffalo. Still don't think they're going to defend all that well. New Jersey had some miscues versus Dallas, but they were kind of humming aside from that, right? Like they had the some crucial breakdowns in bad areas, but at the same time, offensively, they look like a complete wagon, which is what we're expecting. I'm fine with this if he sure doesn't play. I'd love for him to play. It sucks that we're kind of already the sweat on the Selkie is, you know, I thought the one issue was that he can't stay healthy and, you know, that is already coming into play, but they're just so deep offensively they play so fast their power play looks lethal I think they're really just kind of about to get going and become the team we expected so you catch a Montreal team that's not going to have much of the puck that's not great at defending overall they've been reasonable this year but um, I still think that New Jersey should score pretty comfortably in this game I think if you're getting better than a plus number for the Devils to just break it open I, uh, that's a play I really like. And then I think the devil's props too, like they'll be super chalky, but it just, it's such a good spot for the, the top guys on that team to just thrive. Like Montreal really doesn't have any matchups that I'm afraid of them putting Hughes unit on. So I think it's a pretty good spot just to target a chalky favorite. And I don't really see how this is minus two thirty. Like I think it could be minus two seventy five easily and be reasonable at that. Tim. Yeah, just piggybacking off of that, um, I, in full uh, agreement with the spot for the Devils, but I just think the door is ajar enough for Montreal to hold up their end of the deal and push this thing over six and a half goals. Um, (laughs) New Jersey uh, averages, you know, a billion shots a game, but they also allow a fair amount of shots per game. So I think that... um, you know, hey, New Jersey gets the lead, then maybe they uh, fall asleep for a minute. We get maybe a Cole Caulfield snipe off the rush or two, and bang, we're over six and a half. Yeah, they're, I'm not going to dispute that at all. Like the Devils have been pretty shaky defensively, but pretty good matchup. Gave up four to the island for them to sort it out and get it going. Which is like giving up 400. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, my favorite bet, uh, the only game we haven't talked about yet. I like Arizona. Big surprise here. They're plus 170. On the road in L.A., uh, the Kings minus 200, the over-under six and a half. I just don't think the difference between these two teams is this wide, even with Arizona on on the road. I think Arizona's still on the ascendancy here. Let's look at their five games played. They've got three wins, one against the Devils on opening night for for Arizona, uh, then a win in St. Louis, which was just an absolute rout, and then a 2-1 win over the Ducks. Uh, in their home opener, well defended, and the kind of consistent theme here, and the, the two losses were both by one goal, 2-1 to the Rangers, one nothing to the Islanders, and a back-to-back. The consistent theme to me here is that the goaltending has been awesome uh, for this team. The defense has been much much improved, and the scoring lines are in good form. Keller's been great. Schmaltz has been good. Logan Cooley looks great. Mat- Matias Michelli looks good. Like this, This is a good team. I think uh, we're learning that pretty 
we we had a feeling this was the case, but the rest of the league is kind of learning this on the fly. They haven't had a bad performance yet. So I like the Coyotes in a, in a game where they'll have a pretty distinct goaltending advantage uh, against whoever the Kings want to throw in there, Nick. Yeah, I would never bet the Kings at minus 200 in this game. I, I don't know if I'll play the Coyotes or not. There's still so much value in it for us if every time they get a win like this. But I uh, I fully agree. Like, I don't think there's going to be hardly any games at all where you want to fade Arizona if the other team's minus 200. Like, they're too competitive. They've got a good goaltender. They're really scrappy right now. So it'll probably be a bit until I find a spot where I want to fade them at that kind of a number. And I'm keeping my eye on our, like, how much lower to read me gets. Um, I know it's already moved down a lot and we've pumped the tires on this a ton, but I did circle that. So if they split the games with the Kings and they've then got the Hawks, the Ducks, the Canadians, the Jets, the Kraken, the Blues, the Preds, that is a super, super easy schedule. So that's one where like, I think just on a night in and out basis, watch how they're looking, watch if that number is getting moved because they could absolutely crush that. I mean, I'm obviously being quite hopeful, but if they do, and then that number is still sitting close to what it, where it is now, I think worth adding more. Like, why not? It's still like if you can get like 25, 30 to one. Yeah. And some books are really respecting this. And yeah, like some of the teams too, like I think it's setting up pretty well in the early going. Some of the teams that are starting out red hot, like Vegas 6-0, and Boston 5-0, and Colorado 5-0. I don't know if those results will hold. I still think they'll come down to earth. And I think unless they put up like Boston level, like 125 points, they're not going to be like appealing Jack Adams candidates. So I still like pumping up some of the long shots in that market. All right. Uh, I'm also, uh, oh, my bad. I'm also kind of shocked. I want to get your opinion real quick. Over under for this game, six and a half. I thought it would be shaded to the under. The time of recording this shaded to the over. Uh, Arizona has been an under team. LA has been an over team. But I feel like, I feel like I lean more in the under direction here because um, I don't know. I, I'm not aside from aside from some bigger wins and where they um, kind of blew their opponent out. Like Arizona, just I don't know how well they can, how often they can score, how easy it comes to them, even if we like them in this game. Yeah, I agree. I think six and a half definitely gets significantly more juiced by puck drop. I think that's a really reasonable take. And and uh, yeah, we we talked about it, but the Kings shouldn't be shaky defensively right they've got shaky goaltending possibly but right they're still a team like i if arizona's going to come out and play a structured lockdown kind of game i think kings are someone we can be happy with betting an under on for sure mm-hmm. all right 16 games uh done and dusted uh off the top favorite underdogs were the kraken the blackhawks and the flyers Nick's favorite bet is uh, the Devils on the puck line. Tim likes the over and Devils and Habs. I like Arizona as a plus 170 underdog. In Los Angeles, this has been uh, the longest episode of Line Change ever. We'll be back on Wednesday morning for what could be the shortest episode uh, of Line Change ever uh, with one game in the docket. We'll probably talk a little bit about what we saw on uh, Tuesday night and continue to give a little bit of a big picture look at the league and then we were, we're back again on Thursday morning uh, to preview that slate. For Nick Martin, Tim Kalinowski, uh, good luck on Tuesday night in the Frozen Frenzy. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. 
If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.